I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 81 of Shades of Brown. Uh, and this week, you know, we're going to start with Facebook. No, we're not starting with Facebook, are we? Uh, we are starting with another bad thing, apparently. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Like I said, three weeks of Kingdom Hearts. Like I said, last week, I had four minutes on it. I'm, I'm shooting for like 20 minutes this week. And then, and then next week, um, it's going to be a two and a half hour Kingdom Hearts special. Uh, and we might try to get some guests in here, you know, shake things up. I'm totally going to spend like 12 hours photoshopping our logo to be in the Kingdom Hearts typeface. It's going to be fucking beautiful. But um, so spoilers now. Spoilers now. Um, this whole section is spoilers. So if you don't want spoilers, uh, whatever, if you po- use a podcast app that has chapters or look at the timestamps and just skip ahead. Uh, you know, next week will also be all spoilers too. So just it's it's nothing but spoilers from here on out. And I've said the word spoilers twelve times now, so no one can say I didn't warn them. Now with that, let's talk about the actual fucking game. So this game is a shit show, but it's like a glorious shit show. So can I, let me just tell you how this game ends. So there's like twenty years of Kingdom Hearts games, right? Like like you know the basic, right? There's like it's technically like. Final Fantasy with Disney, and then there's like a whole bunch of like really fucking weird story arcs and things that aren't explained properly. So here is how Kingdom Hearts 3 reconciles that. It um uses a lot of time travel to fix to retcon shit. And it so like there's a free-to-play mobile game. It leans heavily on the story of the free-to-play mobile game, which, mind you, Square Enix has gotten in legal trouble for for being too grindy. If I, if I remember correctly, and I am Googling this as we speak, Kingdom Hearts got in trouble for loot boxes. Oh, no. What have they done? Am, I, am, I, am I wrong about this? Can I see? Yep. Loot box crackdown. If this Reddit link wants to load. Here we go. Loot box crackdown. Forces Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts games out of Belgium. So, this mo- the mobile game of Kingdom Hearts is no longer operable in Belgium because of how bad the loot boxes are in it. And somehow, somehow, the creator of Kingdom Hearts thought to himself, well, what if we use that story as the basis of the resolution for 3? You literally travel back in time because everyone dies to the loot box game. You get the power of, of the hearts from there. And then you're able to beat the final boss. So you get so essentially they they have they have created like uh like they crossed over the worlds right. So they they like used some magic bullshit. Well, so just to be so just to be clear, the the game of the mobile story technically takes place like a hundred years before the first Kingdom Hearts game. Okay, so that mobile game is a prequel, and it is connected to this to this game that is hundred years later in the timeline and is like but, but it's like all of a sudden why this right like why why is the third game where we suddenly start introducing elements of the mobile game that were never present in any of the previous games right like you, you understand what i mean here in terms of like how the story goes. like let's imagine assassin's creed right you have assassin's creed odyssey and assassin's creed one like there's like some some key, some core story element that we assume, right, to be how that world is constructed and how it works. But then in Odyssey, they're like, oh, let's just go to those mobile games, the uh, Chronicles, and let's just say this one weird story beat is actually changes how we interpreted this core story oh, construct. Oh, God. Assassin's Creed nerds would lose their shit if that you, happened. You understand uh, how much of an asshole <laughs> that is, right? Yeah, that is... 
So basically what happens, um, and I will try and, and, and you know, break it down as simple as for you, is that you go to this place called the Keyblade Graveyard, which is where the Keyblade War took place like 100 years ago during the time of the mobile game. Um, the three people from the PSP game all died. I mean, like, died in quotes as a Disney game during in that same place. And there's a DS game where a girl was created just for the sole purpose of being the antagonist in that game, and then wiped from everyone's memory. She suddenly shows up over there as well, and they use time travel, and they create clones to retcon every character into being back in existence and give them a happy ending. Okay, so so this is like all the tropes. Like this is so this is A. Let's start. Uh they have time travel. They have wiping memories on bringing bringing back a character that we thought died. And what else? Uh they also have Deus Ex Machinas. Oh my god. And on top of that, and on top of that, they have the fridge trope for the main protagonist's love interest. Oh no. What is the fridge trope? Is that the um, So it's it's the one where um I guess content warning for like domestic abuse here, but it's the one where you comic books where they put women in fridges when they kill them. Just to piss off the, the superheroes. Like that's an actual trope because it happens so much in comics, right? So they the final like the final boss main antagonist literally just kills the dude's girlfriend. Oh my god! Just to make him angry. Like <sighs> I don't know what plot line. The, there's no plot line of why he did it. He just did it to do it because you know apparently him being the big bad for the past twenty years isn't enough to make us pissed already at him. <laughs> and then even more so, they cop Avengers. Have you seen Infinity War yet? Uh, I don't. I know. I don't watch uh, superhero movies. Do you know like what happened in it though? Right? How like Thanos like snaps his finger and half of humanity is wiped from existence, or half all living sentient beings. Right. So basically, the last scene in the game for the end credits is um, somehow the girl's back alive, the one who got killed, but the main antagonist fades away like Infinity War, <laughs> and then the game ends. <sighs> so. This, this is, ending this ending is basically you fighting every boss battle from you know like the previous games you going through time saving your friends cuz you all die and then you're giving everyone a happy ending by people putting going into the past taking their hearts and putting them into new bodies and bringing them into the future and for some reason people now remember that they exist because they have a body again um and the best part about all this is that they don't even they set up the next game by going more into the f- mobile game. They go more into the mobile game. So the epilogue of this game is all the bad guys from the mobile game being brought forward in time. And then this one dude who's been an antagonist since like the first or second game, apparently being this character has been alive for 100 years, but we never knew. <sighs> Which I'm pretty sure is a backstory they retconned. Because there's nothing in the previous games that hint towards that. And this game's just like, oh, JK, I'm actually someone from the mobile game, even though I was in, like, the the, the uh, PSP DS game and, like, Kingdom Hearts 2. So, this, this, so you're saying this, this, whole, this whole game that everybody has waited for how long? How long has it been? 13 years. So okay, 13 so years 13 is the last mainline series entry. It, 13 years is now actually... Uh, an advertisement for the mobile game, which has loot boxes in it. Um, because, so, to be fair, you don't actually have to play the mobile game to understand it, but there's an hour movie that came out with the remake of um, the PS2 games on the PS4 that explains both what happens in the mobile game. Um, obviously, the story after that, but like that hour movie is what you really need to know going into it, and that hour movie makes no sense. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. I just- have, yeah, a little bit. So uh, just like take that, but remove any um, coherence of a story and narrative. 
like at this point i it's kingdom hearts is like if i was writing a story and I, and i was just you know brainstorming shit i thought that'd be cool but then didn't do the work to actually make it happen it feels it feels like they had like all these ideas and they just sort of jumble it together into no this. no no what it feels like is that you have the first two games came out. It was supposed to be a story about someone losing his home planet, going to Disney World, saving the world. And then they made a second one where it's like, oh, these enemies in number one, like there's actually a counterpart to them, which made sense narrative wise, right? Like, because you're apparently fighting like the darkness of people's hearts. And it's like, well, what happens to their body if they lose their heart? And like, oh, that's the enemy in number two. And there's an organization that I'm trying to destroy the world. Like, cool. Like, okay, makes sense. We're getting a little bit out there, right? But at the very least, that makes sense. And then there's a, 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 a Game Boy game that just said, oh, here's what happens between one and two. You go to this castle and you basically replay through the events of number one because, you know, to put it on the, the Game Boy, you know, to have a fun time, to make a little mobile game. And then you lose your memories. Um, we'll introduce one or new two characters. And it kind of sets up the plot of two, right? Because it's like, oh, here actually, here's some of the, ba- here's, a, here's a peek at some of the bad guys in number two. You just fight like one of the lower level dudes because he's running that offshoot of the organization. Like that makes sense. Still getting a little bit out there, right? But like one, Coded, which is the Game Boy game. And two, like there's a straight line of narrative, right? Like it, it, it's, it's going forward. It makes sense. And then after two, that's where shit goes, goes all, all to all hell. So after two, right, it's okay, we're going to make three games. We're going to make one for the PSP, one for phones. It was, I believe it shipped on a Verizon Motorola device until they ported it to the Game Boy. And also like some uh, SoftBank or what's the other Japanese carrier? Domako? Something like that? Docomo, yeah. Like mobile game exclusive. And then there's a DS game. The PSP game, they're like, oh, cool. How about we just tell what happened 10 years before? Um, like, here's a story about what happened 10 years before. And that's that's where shit gets fucked. Okay. So the PSP game is where shit gets fucked because you have three Keyblade Wielders who happened beforehand. And it explains, like, how the main characters of the first game got their powers right. Because they're like, oh, the, something bad's happening. Let's just go ahead and give them our powers, pass it on to them. So they be able, you know, they can fight for us. Which, sure, like, it's a fun little prequel. Everyone dies, basically, right? Like, it also explains how the castle... It explains, like, how some of the stuff in the Game Boy game happened, right? Like, how they even found that location. Like, that as a prequel was fine on its own. But we were now starting to get to the point where we're creating really weird lore. Because now you have this dude who's a master, who's been around for a while, has weird intentions. And then now he's trying to, like, clone himself and, like, create a younger body for himself to keep living. Like, it's weird, right? Like, we're getting very close to um, the ass pull that Harry Potter pulled. Uh, Harry Potter fans, don't at me. (laughs) And then so it's like, okay, okay, fine. And then it ends with just like, oh, the only girl who lives is in, like, this realm of darkness. And um, that's the last we'll see of her. Um, We're like, okay, cool. I guess weird. But, you know, three, if we save her and she ends up helping us beat the big bad, like, whatever, makes sense, right? But then we have this DS game. And so the DS game, you play as... The um one of the main and one of the characters is two. It's what happens. So it's what happens in the organization while the main character one is in the Game Boy game, right? So like what happens with what the actual organization that you fight against in three or in two rather, right? It's a story of that year between one and two, what they were doing, which cool. And in theory, it sounds like okay, yeah, that's like a fun narrative arc we can explore. But it introduces a character who, at the end of the game, everyone forgets even existed, and she's dead. Like, it just, it's dead. And the ending just, like, leads into number two. Which is like, okay, I guess that was, like, a little cool thing. But, like, now we're getting to the point where it's like, what's the point of these games? 
like what new plot did we get we got like we have to see like friendship happen but we're still revisiting the same worlds right as as the first game we're not going anywhere new it's just rehashing content so what is essentially happening is they're like they're like essentially filling gaps in the timeline right with 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 games right they, they, they don't want to move forward or behind so they just sort of create stories in the middle uh i don't know what do you call that it's not a prequel but it's like uh it's, it's i don't know it's like some weird world building exercise and then the mobile game that they turned into the um the ds game afterwards is once again you're going back to the worlds from number one it's literally a rehash of number one and the game boy game like packed together and the only new bit of actual plot at the end of the game is that you find out that oh this researcher hid all the details about the people who died in the PSP game inside the protagonist's body from number one. That is literally the only plot. So, so, so at this point, I have to say, like, what is the point of, like, is this just, like, have the digits realized that Kingdom Hearts, for some fucking reason, has, like, a really strong fan base, so they just cash in? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I'm gonna be entirely honest with you. I'm pretty sure these are cash grabs. And because, because now afterwards, right? There's still more. There's still more. I'm, we haven't gotten to three yet. Oh no, we're, we're working oh, our oh, way oh, up oh. there. <laughs> um, also, if you really want a more in-depth explanation of actual characters and such, chose the Heather Power Hour episode is a great listen because we go even more in depth. Oh no. <laughs> um, so when we go to the D- the 3DS game, it's like, okay, let's make a game that actually happens after two. Let's have a new entry in the series. And at this point, it's sort of like, oh, fuck, we kind of have to tie all of these narrative elements together. Because, like, you know, there's, like, slide plots and the such and, like, other aspects of the universe that they've opened up that if you make a new game and you kind of ignore them, it's like, well, why the fuck did you even open that door to begin with? If that makes sense, right? So what they do in the DS game is that they're like, oh, we're just going to hold a mark of mastery exam, but we're going to go into the world of dreams, which apparently existed up until now. Like somehow this, this, it, it was, it's, I don't know, never mentioned in the first or the second game, but now it exists. So whatever. Cool. You go back there, you explore more Disney worlds again, mostly some of them the same, no new Disney worlds. And you get a more plot that. So in, at this point, this is the point where they could have made a clean break and been like, okay, we have those three weird mobile games, but let's just let's just cut it short here and make a clean break for three. You know, no, they don't do that instead. It's the exact fucking opposite. They make it more confusing. So the organization that you fought in two is back, but this time it's being headed by the protagonist of the PSP game who's making 13 clones of himself by pulling himself at <laughs> various points in time. Oh, that's hilarious. Actually. Out of all the options they could have took, they took oh, that God. one. Oh my god. And it's like, what the fuck? And at the end of it, you find out that, like, the girl who's been your love interest is also can now fight, but she's, you know, gonna be put in a fridge in three, so what's the fucking point of even teasing that? <sighs> and so, now comes the mobile game. Mobile game takes place 100 years beforehand, and what happened in the mobile game is that, um, oh, there's that Keyblade Ward they kind of mentioned in the PSP game. Let's go back in, de- in, in time. Let's talk about that. Mind you, it started as a browser game that got shut down, and the story of the browser game is actually what the movie's about, but the mobile game takes that story, it, it relays the story of the movie, and then after that, it's like, oh, JK, you've been asleep for a while. The war already happened, everyone died, here's next. And what the mobile game has been doing has been pulling characters from the PSP and the, King- and the PS2 games back in time, but actually 
they're not being pulled back in time. They got pulled forward in time. Oh my god! And so, so they're actually that's the original timeline they're from. And um, and and so how this leads into three is that three we're now at the end of uh the DS games right where it's like oh we now realize we need to go save all the people who have died because we need to build up a bunch of people to fight this dude and his clone army. But they're not actually clones as told in three. There's hearts pulled forward in time, put into replica bodies and that are like soft puppets. It's uh, really, really weird. Um, so three starts. You're like, OK, now we have to go um, from. So now this is like spoilers. Once again, this spoiler, spoiler, spoilers, spoilers. This is from the leaks I've seen and most of the gameplay bits I've seen. Three starts off after the DS game. And it's like, oh, shit. We now know that these people died like 10 years ago and like all this stuff happened in the DS games. Now let's do something about it. And and the only reason the game has for why it was never made aware beforehand, they're like, oh, we just didn't want you to know about it because we thought you'd do something. <laughs> they're like, yeah, like one of the one of the masters is like, I forbid you guys from doing this knowledge. No, nope, knowing, knowing this knowledge. But now it is time to save them. And I'm like, why? <laughs> Why is why is now the time to save them? Like, uh, what has happened? Nothing in the plot has happened that says that we need to save these people in order to beat this guy, right? No time to explain. It's there like, is there is no time to explain. And okay, so hear me out. We got some more. We got some more for you. All right. So three, you go to New Disney Worlds, um, which I'm you know haven't seen yet. I'm gonna play through that tomorrow at nine o'clock. Let's pick up the game. I'm gonna play through it all and. Three, you then go, like I said, at the beginning, like 20 minutes ago, you go to that Keyblade graveyard, which is where everyone died in number two. And that's where all the time travel stuff happens. And you save everyone by the power of your heart and friendship and your big key. <laughs> and then you beat the game, right? The girl yeah. dies. She gets put, she gets fridged. Somehow she's magically back. And then there's like two characters they didn't even give a resolution to. They show him like waking up in the, in the like epilogue. And it's like, where the fuck did you come from? You weren't even mentioned in the game as far as I can tell. And so it doesn't explain how the main character brings back that girl, how he fades away like Thanos, or, or I mean, also it doesn't explain how all of the main big bad guys of the browser game are somehow pulled forward in time. And that one character from the mobile game has apparently been living this whole time and was actually an antagonist in the DS game in two in the 3DS game and in the fucking Game Boy game. But now he's revealing his true intentions just because the other bad guy got killed. And oh, oh, of course, too. Of course, too. There's been a box that's been present in the series this entire time that everyone's been on the lookout for, but it's only been made apparent now because it showed up in a mobile game. But now the next game is going to be, what is this guy doing and what's in the box? Welcome to Kingdom Hearts. <sighs> so so essentially they, 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 they don't want to make anymore okay so th- this whole thing like this Kingdom Hearts 3 is a huge deal there's a special PS4 edition like console that is like a thing like apparently games, GameStop didn't have enough stock so they had to cancel orders of this this, this special console uh, so apparently that's a thing so this is a huge release like it's a big release but at the same time, it feels like it's like some game where they're like just trying to get you to play the mobile game, which is okay. Uh, so what what is the future here? So what happens up? Is this just going to be mobile games from now on? Is it just no, there's going to be another saga. So apparently, the handoff between the villain from the DS game or from the PSP game that you kill in three to the dude who's apparently you know now been a villain in like for a hundred years he it's handing it off from him being from that dude you kill being an antagonist to the dude from the mobile game and 
So the story of the mobile game is going to be important for future games, but there's going to be future console titles. But I don't give a fuck because I'm tapping out after this. I'm done. <laughs> I, I am no longer convinced Square Enix can make a good game. I, Final Fantasy 15 was a fucking mess. Like, Final Fantasy 15 is a game that had to be retconned with DLC afterwards, paid DLC afterwards, to be fixed. Like, I don't, I don't understand what is up with Square Enix and their JRPGs. Because I'm playing through Tales of Vesperia right now, right? And that game, even for the problems we're talking about, it has such like a straightforward story. And it has good characters, that good world building, but self-contained. And I don't know what it is with, with like, you can't do games as a service with like RPGs, like with, with, with story stuff. And I feel like that's what they're trying to do, right? They're trying to make like on-demand Kingdom Hearts as like a story. Like, I feel like that's where the, where the game's going. And it's so weird. I don't. I don't think I think they made this game out of necessity and I don't know if this is something that like sustainable yeah. and more importantly they could have ended in a nice spell they could have been like you know what okay we had a lot of weird story elements let's just wrap this up let's give every character a clean break and if we make more in the future let's make more in the future right but for now let's end this on a good note and it's like no there there's there are no res- there's only resolutions for people from previous games but not for the main character and they could have just been like they they could have just given everyone a happy ending, ended it there, and you know what? I would be like, you know, it's the last one. At least you know they they, they tied us up with a bow. But no, they want to keep it going, and like, fuck, they're gonna run out of Disney worlds eventually. Like, there is there are only so many Disney franchises you can go to before you have to you you like then how have to start visiting Final Fantasy worlds. Oh my god! Like, and also I don't I don't understand. What is the story anymore? I don't think this game has a story. Like, I don't... This is not a story. There is... There are... This is, like, the vaporware of, like, games. It's, like, (laughs) vaporware of games? I don't... Like, you just... Yeah, there's kind of stuff there, but there's nothing. It's nothing of substance, right? And, like, the worst part about this is, like... Square has a really talented graphics team a gameplay like people who design gameplay right in combat systems and an art team their games are beautiful they play well they perform well too right like final fantasy games are heavy on pc but like they perform well and they look great yeah they look, on Max. Look, yeah they look amazing and yeah they just they just can't uh this is the same problem i have with like modern day anime just by the way because at this point kingdom hearts is really like a shitty version of naruto and Naruto was already a shitty version of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> oh, take that back. Uh, but yeah. No, no, uh, what do you mean? By, I, by the end, do you know I mean, how many like weird I, retcons and ass pulls shit you didn't have before yeah, it yeah. ended? See, 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 this is the thing. I tapped out way before the end, so uh, I saved myself from, from reading our... Sh- anything about uh, the ridiculous bullshit. Like, by the, time I, by the time I stopped, it was already getting like all sorts of retcon bullshit. Uh, exactly and like at this point now that i've spoiled the story for myself i kind of like i don't want to play because i spoiled it i don't want to play because like i don't know if i should support this you know what i mean like i should i like i already took the days off of work from it like what the fuck am i gonna do just 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 pick up another game like but then i haven't bought it yet right like i have a pre-order but i on monday is when i put my 60 bucks down for it and i'm like maybe maybe i should just pick up like i don't know fucking zelda Uh, yeah i mean but, like we already we already made like this whole big thing about being an episode of the pod with it right like i have i have too many emotional ties to something that i realize is no longer important or relevant and really that's why i'm making this game an allegory for me growing up oh my god <laughs> but you get what I, like, I mean right like what's what's the fucking point at this it, it's like 
even Ubisoft realized with the World War shit in Assassin's Creed that they need yeah. to stop it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the Assassin's Creed thing, like you mentioned uh, live services and Ubisoft is doing that thing, right? Ubisoft is doing the whole live service model of video games and like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, like they release story bits in in like little DLC uh, and like it it works because they have a coherent story. Like they have characters, they have narrative, right? They have... Uh, like, like I don't always agree with the direction that the narrative is going or the choices that you're supposed to make, but uh, like the story is not nonsensical. Like it makes sense. Uh, it's not something you need like a, a thirty minute video to explain to somebody, right? It's not. It's not that. It's a two hour video for King of Hearts. Let's be real. <laughs> but like, I, I get what you mean, right? And I think there's the important line of how important is a story to a game. How it where it's the same problem Destiny has. It's the same thing with Assassin's Creed. Right? Like where where do we draw the line between really great gameplay, really pretty graphics, and really good performance, and a story that just doesn't make sense? Because like I don't I I I feel like uh, the 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 gameplay in Assassin's Creed has always been pretty solid. Uh, it, like it has changed over the years from different formats. But I feel like the story aspects of it are the anchor that keeps it all together. Like I feel like the if the story bits were missing, the games would not be as interesting as they are. Like a lot of people, like the original hook of the franchise was like the story bits. Uh, like a lot, like the if there is a there was a polygon uh, sort of like interview with the developers, uh, designers of, of the original Assassin's Creed game, and they talk about how they wanted to build this world, right? And they wanted to have also the technological aspects of having that huge world. Uh, at, the, at that time, it was like the PS3 era uh, console, and like how difficult it was to actually get that uh, up and running and creating the engine and like the sort of uh, like the, the movement systems and whatnot. But like the story was, the, the environment building, the environmental storytelling uh, was critical to the series. I feel like if that was gone, at least for Assassin's Creed, it would lose uh, lose its anchor. Like losing the modern day story is is like a debatable, like good or bad loss, but losing the story entirely would be like uh, like a, like a monumental, like it would just, it would just not be a Assassin's Creed anymore. I think that's, that's what I'm trying to say. No, I get that. And that's like, I agree there. Like, and that's why I'm just like, where do we draw the line? Like how, uh, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I, I just, I'm, I'm conflicted so much on this, right? Because I, I can't say it's a bad, it's not a bad game because it plays well. Like I've seen gameplay of it. I, I know the performance it's, you can do like 4k 30 or like 1080p 60, I believe. Right. And it's stable when, it, and the graphics are great. It's a really good showcase of the unreal engine. The combat looks good. Um, some of the voice acting might be a little bit phoned in, but you know, there's only so much you can do with a story that's complicated. And it's just like, at where, where do we draw the line? Right. I, this is why, like, see, people have the same thing with Destiny, right? It's sort of, it, the, the story makes no sense there. Like, we talked about it, like, Bungie should probably reboot it. But I've been holding off so much on buying the Black Armory expansion because it's like, what's the point of it? It's just more gameplay, and it's, it's like, what do I prioritize? Do I prioritize having a shooter of good gameplay and fun multiplayer? Or do I prioritize an actual world that, like, you know, respects the time I put into it? And I don't feel like Kingdom Hearts respects the time you put into it. And it's really weird me saying that a Ubisoft game respects your time, but... It, it I does. mean, it does because it at least it doesn't bullshit. Like it doesn't pretend to be 
like convoluted or anything. Uh, it tries to be as simple. Like it's, it's, there are some aspects of it that are, you know, complex, but it's not convoluted. There's a difference. Uh, but I, I'm going to give an example. Uh, the, the, the game, uh, Battlefield five, uh, it, 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 I got, uh, I got a free code for it, uh, because I bought a RTX, uh, GPU. So, uh, like I, I installed it, right. I, I gave it a shot. And it, it, the game has these, like, what they call, like, war stories, right? Like, few of these war stories. And they're, like, these like, grand movie style, like, you know, like, Saving Private Ryan style, uh, like, AAA budget, like, voice acting, sound effects, graphics. Uh, they've got it all. Like, they, they, but it bored me to tears. Like, they, like, they are pretending to be... Like this, this like like some sort of war movie or documentary where it really like it, it just feels like sort of like a sort of even though it feels like there's a lot of effort put into it at the same time it feels like sort of like a cash grab and like it doesn't feel good to play it's boring and the real the real part of it is that the gameplay that you want to play is the multiplayer uh, and the multiplayer is just boring like it's like. And the, the, the my problem with the game is that not that it not that the multiplayer is boring. It's just that they are pretending to have something more than they don't, do, right? Like they're pretending they 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 have a good single player story base, but they don't. So it's like they're pretending to be good and complex and be emotional. Like they, they they're trying to like have all these like the, the the story starts with like all these style like these like. Uh, white text on a black background like it's trying to be a movie and it's trying to be deep and emotional but like at the, at the end of the day it's like it doesn't like resonate at all like it's, it just feels fake uh so my, po- my overall point is like if, if you're going to do a story uh at least commit to it fully like it's like i don't know if kingdom hearts is is, is doing that but from what I can tell, it, it feels like it's just like uh, the the series, like the, after the first two games, uh, has been just like trying to cash in on the Disney, uh, like the, the, like essentially the fan base that it has created uh, over the time. And it's it's like with um, it reminds me of Halo, right? Halo Four through Halo Five, all of those games, right? Because Halo's four story relied on way too much lore for any of it to make sense to anyone that who didn't read any of it halo 5 they try to clean it up but they just missed the mark on having characters that fell flat and it's like where do you go from here right like i I think this is the problem i think a core part of this problem is that with a lot of media these days and specifically games no one wants to create a one and done game entry right right right, and i i Series are fine, like it's okay, but I feel like we'd be better off if we had more new games and less sequels. If that makes sense, right? So, like, 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 so if if so, you could have like, um, like an RPG, right? You used to have like Chrono Trigger, then you had a Chrono Cross, and then you had like all these Final Fantasy games that are independent from each other. And then Square was like, well, ten years ago with Final Fantasy Ten, right? They're like, what if we made sequels? And then they tried doing that, and then Square lost the decade. You have the same thing with 343 Studios and Halo. They're like, instead of they could do a reset, like you can still, like, I'm not saying like entries in a series, right? I'm saying the continuous storyline of one main character being dragged on for decades. There is a reason Doctor Who does hard resets on who is Doctor Who, right? There is a reason that happens. It's because after a while, you can only have the same character doing the same things of the same person for so long. Um, 
you can have the series go on. Same thing with Star Trek, right? Like Star Trek as a universe works because there are series made up of so many other like arcs and characters and as such. And they do and they do resets all the time, right? Where it's like that happened, but now we're gonna go on to something else that's completely separate, different crew, different ship, different planets, different star system, and it works. And with games, I feel like they don't want to do that because they're probably afraid they're gonna lose revenue or something. Like I don't it's what's I don't know what's holding I, I, back I, I, on I, it. Feel like like the, the 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 god here is continuity. Like they keep trying to continue the same character. Like I, the, the, this is like I think the problem here is that the, the, the sort of like a I think a, like a AAA development model where it's like once you find something that works, right, you keep doing it. Like you keep doing it over and over again uh, until it doesn't work, right? It's just like you saturate the market, like uh, Halo, uh, Call of Duty. Uh, what else? Like uh, soon it'll be Destiny. Assassin's Creed before Odyssey. I would say. I would say. I think Odyssey is the turning point where Ubisoft is trying to like slow it down and actually take their time. IPs, the previous ones, I would say from like probably like what um, the one with the ships, but like the one with the ships, yep. the Unity was like just not great games no, objectively. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, that's the thing, right? It's like you like it's it's this mentality of that. If you if you have this good thing, if you keep doing it, it will be like it'll still be as popular as the thing you originally did. Uh, which is not like people get fatigued, like story. Like if you keep doing the same story shit, it's gonna get boring. It's just it's just it's just how it is. So yeah, that's like that's this segment. It, it was it was like we originally started talking about Kingdom Hearts, but we ended up talking about like uh, like sort of like general story stuff in uh, video games. So we're gonna transition, I guess. There's no good transition, but let's let's transition. Let's to, uh, do chat up discourse. <laughs> see, this is, this is the problem. See, this is this is, this is the king. This, this is like the Shades of Brown bingo episode because we have we have Kingdom Hearts. We have video games, right? We mentioned Assassin's Creed multiple times, uh, and now we're going to be talking about chat apps. So, uh, so it's good. So it's bingo. Uh, so, so the story, uh, latest story. This is uh, Zuckerberg. The, the headline is Zuckerberg plans to integrate uh, WhatsApp, Instagram, uh, and Facebook Messenger. So those are the three huge. Uh, Facebook owned uh, chat apps, uh, and so they're, they're planning on unifying the, the technical infrastructure. So, and this is obviously concerning because, uh, re- as recently, uh, I think last year, uh, like some WhatsApp execs left, right, because of disagreements, uh, and like they mentioned that Facebook is you know no longer. Uh, a good custodian of like the uh, WhatsApp uh, sort of service. Uh, so, so Christian, what, what do you think? And like from from a chat app perspective, like what is the, what does this mean? So, this is essentially Facebook more um, cementing their monopoly in chat apps, especially in Western markets in terms of communication, because there are people who don't use. Um, uh, Facebook, right? Who use WhatsApp because of their family. There are people who don't ever download Facebook, right? But they use Instagram and they use Instagram Direct um, for usually flirting, honestly. Instagram Direct, like I've only seen it used as a chat app. If it's like I have no other way of contacting this person, but I follow them on IG or I'm trying to shoot my shot. Like that's really what I've seen Instagram Direct used for, but it's still a chat app, right? And so while we keep like, oh, it's so convenient, all of Facebook people talk to each other, I want to look at it the more critical lens of sure, they're all going to be end up encrypted. 
but Facebook is going to mine the fuck out of your out of the metadata, right? So the the chat logs might be encrypted, but the metadata is not, and that's what Facebook can still use to build a target a profile because they might not know exactly what you're talking about, but know who you're talking to, when you're talking to them, and what device you're talking to them from, and your geographic location of where you're talking to, yep, them, to them. Yeah, So there's still a bunch of information you can pull from that, um, right? Like for example, uh, if you uh, if you like upload an image on Instagram, uh, Instagram doesn't strip location tags. So like that's like a thing. Like you get you get that location data, and if you like sort of integrate that with WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger, like what does that actually mean? Like it's, it's like so much data that is big that it's going to be just correlated, right? Like if you use WhatsApp and you use Instagram. Uh, you're gonna get you start you start gonna get like ads in Facebook that are very creepy because like uh the the data mining you. So like I like I don't know what like, at, at this point like uh, we have they like, said that it needs Facebook needs to be broken up. Uh, and they feels like the reason why it needs to be broken up is is becoming apparent. Uh, day by day. Uh, like, but but from a from like a user perspective this is good right because from a user experience perspective like like let's let's forget about the the, the privacy implications and the the ridiculously large amount of data that facebook already has and will continue to have uh but it, this is a good thing for for people who use these chat apps right like they would be able to it's essentially reducing fragmentation in in facebook's own chat ecosystem and less fragmentation in chat in, in the world of chat apps is, 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 in my opinion, a good thing for in that specific uh, aspect. But well, I mean, like if we put on our blinders, right? I guess it's good in theory because we no longer have to use Wire because we can just use Facebook. I can use Facebook Messenger, and you can use WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Like, I mean, right? Like, if we like, this is a blinders on, right? So blinders on. Assuming we didn't care about security and privacy, which we do, but just you know, blinders on for a second. Let's feign some ignorance. This is not a bad consumer move. Um, because now, if you don't, if you don't want a Facebook account, use WhatsApp. You have access to everyone in the world, outside of Asia. Outside of Asia, I would say, right? Everyone in the world outside of Asia, you have access to, you know, just a huge social net of people to talk to, and you just gave like a Facebook ID or whatever you're going to call it, and you guys can chat with each other, which is not a bad thing. And it's is end to end encrypted, right? So, but it's. I, it, it's something that it's conflicted because I cannot say this is objectively a horrible thing because, like you said, it is less fragmentation. Um, I don't think it's going to matter much in our circles, but our circle is so fucking small objectively that um, that I think for it's, it's in terms of talking of like broader humanity, right? Most people will benefit from this, excluding the privacy part of it, and that's what spooks me out the most because fucking talking to people is like terrible and like I. This makes Facebook an open standard, right? Like, well, open in quotes, right? Like, let's say open in quotes. Facebook is technically being an open standard because you use different apps to use the same core messaging platform. And therefore, at this point, I don't even know if, like, who's going to use Signal outside of journalists? Like, this is a serious question. Like, I don't think Wire is going to really gain any more users if once this move goes through. Um, Discord and those gaming chat apps, I put them in a separate category just because this is for, we're talking about like one-to-one chat. Yeah, why, why are, uh, like, uh, Discord is not, this, like, it's not a, like a similar, uh, like, it is still a chat app, but it's not, like, used for the same sort of... Like, Discord one-to-one. really isn't great for using one-to-one. It's really good for the group chats. Um, so I just want to say, like, Discord, Slack, those are all separate from this, but for, like, one-to-one messenger placements, like, honestly, 
it, it's going to become more of what we have right now, which is you either use Facebook Messenger or you use iMessage, um, especially with how Canadian and American carriers are being super slow in the RCS rollouts. And on top of that, I know that RCS is not even end encrypted, but it's still it's a modernization of SMS. And um, I don't think Apple's ever going to support RCS. So it's like at the end, although how do you see it then? Because like, so you are now able to talk to people who have Facebook Messenger. And that actually that- I don't uh, because I, I deleted both my WhatsApp and my uh, Instagram account. So I no longer have any, 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 any accounts that are. Oh, by, cool. So all you uh, have is your shadow profile. Basically, yes. Uh, uh, basically, my shadow profile. Uh, so I don't know. I, the only chat apps that I use regularly are Wire, uh, iMessage, and Discord. Right. Uh, so so basically, essentially, yeah, those are the those are the chat apps. So yeah, uh, it, it, it doesn't doesn't really affect me all that much anymore. But like, I would, I would imagine like. Like it's not like it's it's not like right now I don't need to use WhatsApp, but I may need to use it in the future, and that that is that is the concern here. Like you cannot get away from Facebook; it is basically really hard, and in some cases you essentially have to cut off, cut yourself off, uh, and or, or make compromises on communication because you don't want to use a particular service for whatever reason. So, I mean that's that's easy to say ideally, but like for me, like I at this point, like I can't not use Facebook Messenger. Right, we got over right. this before, right? Like, yes, yes, it, yes, it's yes. like, like I and I think that's problem. And we're never, I don't know, we're not, we're probably, I, I don't know what else is really to talk about this besides us just complaining about the fact that we're not going to get like government regulation on this. <laughs> because at the end of the day, it's that's a problem with monopolies, right? Where some of it is kind of beneficial if we close our eyes a little bit and you know, like dance around it, but. In the long run, this is just a bad move for the health of the market, which is weird. And like, it's this abstract thing that I don't think that we can really like quantify in a way that's meaningful to people, only for people who care about like wide net effects of, of events. But like, that's just super like, academic. Like, stuff. like the, the, the NY Times mentioned that this between them have more than 2.6 billion users which is absolutely like unprecedented uh like it's a ridiculous number right like well this is this is and the thing is none, nobody really knows what's going to happen in like going forward and how this is going to affect like everything because this is this is something that has not happened previously i mean yes facebook is is, is a monopoly but it is it is it is a monopoly that is not the same like monopoly as it like you know you know, Bell Telecom back in the day, right? It's not the same. Like, it's not the same sort of uh, monopoly because the scope is much larger and, like, it is international uh, and it is encompassing vastly more invasive, uh, you know, data collection and mining. So it's like, it is, it's on a scale that is, uh, it's not like, we don't even know what's going to actually happen. Uh, so that's basically my way to segue away from this topic. Uh, there, there is an op-ed. I don't know if you want to mention it because um, we can just bring it up that Mark Zuckerberg yeah. had an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal about how he's not actually evil and how he just wants to be your friend. You know, he just wants to be your friend and make you use your government assigned name and you know, um, and 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 you know, you know, live your life by his Facebook policies and and only be subjected to fake news in the Facebook open court. I don't know what any of that means, but um. Notches, 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 actually notch less because we're now going to talk about the Galaxy S10 leak 
And this is my favorite notch because it's not actually a notch. It's a hole punch. And I know people are like, it's just a notch to the side. And I understand that. But, um, well, so let's back it up. So the S10 leaked. And basically, the front of it is just all screwed with a little bit of bezel at the top and the bottom. And there's a hole punch in the right corner for a camera. But there are still bits of screen around the hole punch. So it's just like, while it technically is a notch and you lose just about the same amount of screen space as you was a notch, aesthetically, this looks so much better than any notch I've seen. Yeah, I, I think the I think the I think the reason it looks better is because of it is not like attached to a bezel, right? It looks cleaner, right? It feels uh, like the rounded edges make it look uh, nicer, uh, and it looks a little bit less intrusive than if it was just a notch, right? Uh, and and so the, the S10 and the S10 Plus, uh, this, they're still keeping the the headphone jack, which would make this device, uh, like Samsung, the only high end uh, smartphone manufacturer to keep the keep the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, which which is which is good, right? Like it, like uh, like the, the thing is like, is, are they going to keep doing it? Like is is that like is that like Samsung's now like a selling feature? Like we have the three point five millimeter jack, uh, and nobody else doesn't. Which which is which is amazing. I would say probably this might be the last one or the next bottle. I think eventually the headphone jack is going to go away. Especially you know I think actually let me let me let me take that back. I think Samsung is going to move away from the headphone jack when. USB-C headphones become commonplace enough. And which, to be fair, is starting to happen. Slowly, yes, but it is starting to happen. And the more USB-C matures, I think the more sense it makes to get rid of the headphone jack just for the fact of if there is a healthy USB-C headphone marketplace and if more and more devices are using USB-C, then at a certain point, the headphone jack does become a legacy port. Not in the same way Apple was saying it's a legacy port because it wasn't then and it still isn't. But in the next couple of years, the more you can get, like, the day I can walk into, like, a, a drugstore, right, and buy, like, a $10 pair of, like, cheap USB-C headphones, then it's probably safe to go ahead and just remove the headphone jack. Right, right. So, but not yet, I think. Not yet. Uh, and there's also the concern with USB-C about, you know, the DRM aspects of USB-C, which is, uh, which is another topic. But, so, like, what else? Like, this is going to be... Uh, and screen fingerprint scanner, which is nice. Yes, yeah, which is which is new tech, right? It is uh, Samsung. I think demoed that earlier, in la- like last year, sometime. I yeah, think the demoed. OnePlus six um, T, I believe, is one of the first phones in America to ship with it. You know, a bunch of Chinese phones last year had them, but this is like I think second or third gen tech of the fingerprint and screen scanner. So um, I think it's probably the better choice to wait until it's more mature. Yes, that's that's true. What else? It, it is going to have the new Qualcomm chip, right? Of the the five G uh, Qualcomm chip, right? The, the, the what is it called? Five G millimeter wave. Uh, uh, right, right. Yes, five G is a mess. We don't need it. I feel like there's like whole two hours of us yelling about networks, but um, so it is going to be somehow five G capable, assuming a network rolls it out. But at the very least, it's going to have you know a new processor, a lot of RAM. And the thing I want to see is how does the UI look? Because Samsung did a, re- a big redesign of their software last year called Samsung One. And this is going to be the first phone shipping it with Samsung One. Yep. So I think it's called One UI. Uh, and yeah, like I, I'm, I'm interested. Like, so this is the, the problem. In my mind, uh, Samsung's UI still looks like... Uh, a toilet sounds? 
because my first my first phone my first uh not phone smartphone was uh was a, was a galaxy s1 right the first galaxy uh series phone right which you know the touch with ui on that uh i'll let you, I'll let you can look that up but yeah it was it was not it was not pleasant to use um in my mind i like i, I imagine like in a lot of people's mind who use Samsung early uh, when they were like the S1 or S2 or whatever. Uh, like they probably still don't want to use it because like they still think Samsung's UI still looks like TouchWiz, right? Like all the old style TouchWiz. Uh, but we will see how, how this, this actually looks uh, and if it's actually coherent and looks decent. Yeah. <laughs> Although honestly, I wish Tizen did, was well enough as a mobile OS to be ran on this just because I feel like now that we have hardware like this good from Samsung, like I, I just wish that we could have like Tizen as an actual competitor, right? So it'd be pixels of Android, the iPhone, and Tizen. I mean, it's never going to happen, really. It's not going to happen, but I can wish. I can wish. So that's so that's the uh, S10. Uh, I imagine this is uh, it's going to get uh, released or rather announced uh, end February, of February. Yeah, February twenty eighth, I believe. Samsung's having an unpacked event for okay. this. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's going to be after MWC. So February is going to be uh, look forward to more uh, phone news, right? Uh, because it's going to be MWC, and there's going to be a bunch of shit uh, announced uh, then. So uh, it's like CES but less worse. Uh, yeah. It's like CES but for phones. <laughs> it's for phones. Uh, so another leak, right? This is the leak. Not uh, this is the Google Pixel Three Lite, right? Yep. This is, it's a cheaper version of the Pixel, which, to be fair, I'm actually in favor of because I think, I think with the Nexus line, um, ever since that went away, there's really been a, a gap in you know a more affordable um, stock Android phones. And I mean, of course, while you're buying into Google's tracking and stuff, at the very least, I would still recommend like a cheap Pixel phone over um, a crappy mid-tier like you know LG phone just for the fact of software longevity. Yes, just just for the security update part of it, right? Just just for that bit. Like I know the tracking bit is well, well it's it's it's. I mean, every Android phone uh, is going to have Google tracking in it, basically, unless like unless you take efforts to remove it, which is very hard. Uh, but like yeah, like I'm looking forward to this because uh, I remember the, the, the like if this is anything like this is all going to depend on what the price is, right? If this is if this is price more than four hundred dollars. It is. It's gonna be a bust, right? It has to be like four fifty, five hundred, maybe. Right? Ideally three hundred. Yeah, ideally three hundred. But I don't know if you're gonna get three hundred or three hundred fifty like we did with the Nexus Five, right? But uh, if it is four hundred ish, I think that is gonna be the sort of the good price range for this uh, at this point. Uh, and and it's like it looks like uh, like what is it? So it's like. Uh, 1080 LCD? Yeah, the 1080 LCD has like a mid-tier Snapdragon chip, but I think both of those are fine, especially with the size of it and the fact that it's you know going to be optimized software-wise. So I don't think any of that's an issue. Um, Halitude has the same machine learning stuff with the camera, so you're probably going to get a great camera out of it. I just, I just, I just, I think it's pricing. I think Google should probably take a hit on this and make this cheaper. I just because I 
I don't like the trend of phones getting more expensive. Yes, I agree. Uh, like, it, like if it, if it is three fifty, like this is gonna sell like a like a lot. Like, it, like if it, it like the Nexus Five. I ideally it would, right? But in the states, at least, Google has a freaking contract with Verizon, so it's probably be locked to Verizon. If this is like all carriers three hundred, three fifty, then like I feel like the Pixel line would reach some sort of actual mass. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but hopefully this is priced. Like, when do you think this is going to be announced? Because this is weird. Because this is getting leaked now. Uh, MWC. Is, MWC is sh- my guess. Um, I mean, not, does Google announce stuff like this? And, they have uh, last year. They had a bunch of Google Assistant stuff, and they kind of own CES this year for all the Google Assistant stuff. So I feel like it would make sense to do it then. Because I mean, they can announce it anytime. There's no. Google's not a company that has like you know a bunch of like a, a routine hardware. Release, yeah, that's right? true. Like, that, why that, wait until November? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would imagine they would. They want to get. Uh, I, I mean, I, I would imagine they want to wait till after Samsung because Samsung is going to take up uh, a majority of press uh, space, right? Like, especially Mindshare, right? Because you don't want to. You don't want to like announce this phone and then be essentially dominated in the new next news cycle by Samsung. So it's like, uh, I, I think Google would be wise to like wait till like March or April, right? But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so there's, there's no concrete data on it, so we'll, we'll see when it comes out. So that's our set of topics, I think. Uh, does we have anything else? No, I think that's all. I'm um, just saying, uh, you know, I hope you all enjoyed that that teaser of next week's so just I'm pretty sure we're just going to pick up next week from there. I'll give like more, you know, more thoughts on the game. We'll go even more into the lore. You know, and next week I'm going to actually give character names and such. And we're going to start from zero, go to 100 and then talk about it. And it's going to be an emotional journey. All right. Uh, you can find me on, on Mastodon at StaticSafe at Mastodon.Zombocloud.com. Uh, and Christian, where can people find you uh, on the internet? You can find me at josephine at 10forward.social. And with that, goodbye. Bye.